You're listening to the Disney One by One podcast, a chronological look at every Disney animated classic and beyond. Here's your host, Mike Rolfing. Hello and welcome once again to Disney One by One. This week, we're talking about the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad from 1949. And as always, you can find us everywhere on social media, on the internet, at Disney1x1. And if you could give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you might find this show, that would be much appreciated. Today on the show, as always, my brother David Rolfing. David, welcome to Disney One by One. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having me back. I am very excited that we are here today with the last package Disney film. The ones going forward are all complete stories. And this wasn't actually a, a bad one to end on. I actually enjoyed it a lot. So it was a good package film compared to some of the previous ones. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to previous episodes, you know, we've had Saludos Amigos, Three Caballeros, Make My Music, Fun and Fancy Free, Melody Time, and The Adventures of Mick Ichabod and Mr. Toad now, which are all these movies combining like short films together. And it's just been kind of a chaotic mess, but fun, but fun. So joining us today to wrap up these package films is... My my old college friend, Eric Peterson. Eric, it's been a while. <laughs> it has been a while. <laughs> and you are currently in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, that is correct. Via New Zealand, via Illinois, something like that. Yeah, I guess if we're going through all of my moving history, yeah, you've got that nailed down, Pat. Yeah. I do want to know, like, what brought you to New Zealand for the time you were there? Well, I, um, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like it was a good time in my life to move. I didn't have anything holding me down. And uh, why wouldn't you move to New Zealand? I mean, that's, that's the better question right there. I know. Did you do all like the Lord of the Rings touristy stuff? You know what? I went there for the first time when I was 18 for three weeks and I did it then. And it was way before The Hobbit decided, okay, we want to keep everything there. So it was pretty skint when I went there the first time. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, I was working on a, a TV show and in nashville and we had a sound guy that we hired who was from new zealand and he was a little older so i was just like all right i have to ask did you work on lord of the rings he's like yeah of course i did (laughs) (laughs) he's like like, i worked in the film industry in new zealand of course i worked on lord of the rings the entire country was uh basically given their papers and said you must work on lord of the rings and uh everybody worked as an extra yeah yeah Yeah, i was like dude how did you end up in nashville but yeah he worked in the he worked in the sound department on two towers, which is kind of awesome. So, oh, that's amazing. Everybody's grandmother was an orc in one scene <laughs> or another. You know, most of the uh, horsemen from Rohan were women. So ah. <laughs> I couldn't find enough male, male horse riders. Yeah. That is true. So, Eric, as we ask all of our guests on this show, tell me a little bit about your Disney history, if, if at all. How has Disney influenced your life or, or not at all? Oh, cracks back audibly. Okay, here we go. So my dad, I grew up with a 900 movie collection, like plus, like he just had bookcases and bookcases full of movies. So are these like VHS, Betamax, Laserdisc? Full VHS. Hey, we're going to get to Laserdisc later, but that's another story. (laughs) Yeah, no, these were all VHS and we had a kid's section that we had access to and it was the treasure trove. It was like those plastic coated Disney movies. You know what I'm talking about? Where like they're bigger than the rest of them. Yes. (laughs) Disney's like, screw it. We're making our VHS tapes bigger. (laughs) 
<laughs> and like the coating that they like the box that they came in, there was like this plastic coated. It like locked in on itself. Mm-hmm. It was like it was the quintessential uh, Disney movie. And uh, we had just had dozens and dozens of these things just like lined up. So that was like the greatest thing of all time. Um, and we just had tons and tons of these movies. Um, and so I grew up on those movies. Um when I was nine years old, I went to Disney World. Uh, I remember having the greatest time from what I can remember. I mean, I was nine years old. I mean, I, I think the greatest thing I can remember was the monorail from our hotel to the park. Um, oh, I mean, you stayed deluxe, man. Oh, man. My parents, <laughs> my parents were like, all right, this is the one thing we're going to give our kids. And so it was like as a kid, that's the coolest thing ever is like you're taking a train from your hotel to everywhere else. And yeah. yeah, it was it was better than any of the rides. So, I mean, I think that was a disappointment to my parents. Um, <laughs> but my only regret... Because the monorail's free to ride on. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, my only regret uh, was never going on the Tower of Terror growing up. Um, I never, I never went on that when we were a kid. I was just way too young and it just looked like a health hazard. I mean, it was just like, okay, you're (laughs) weightless for like five seconds. And my parents were like, nope, we're not doing that. We're going on the Dumbo ride. So yeah, but, um, I did get to see the Indiana Jones live action show, which is one of my all time favorite movies. So that was pretty special, but, uh, yeah, no, grew up with a ton of Disney movies and, um, yeah. I don't know. It just was always a part of my childhood. I mean, like some of the really, really old ones that like I remember seeing those movies and being like, oh, man, I am too young to be watching these. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of those old ones are not really for kids. They are not. They are not at all. No. Snow White, Pinocchio, even Bambi. Like Bambi's got some kid childish characters in it, but there's some deep themes in that movie. Yeah. And there's, you know, some racist themes as well. You know, so I'm sure you guys have talked about that as well. Yes, we have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. That's 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 my Disney history um, uh, that I can remember. Yeah. So you've seen most of the Disney movies. Had you seen uh, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Was that in the catalog? Yes, I actually did. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. I like (laughs) like it's surprising when I when when I was watching rewatching this movie again, um, I was like, wow. I remember watching this. How did I watch this? Like, when did I watch this? How was it approved? Like, so many questions were going through my mind. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, did it make your top five? No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me let me get your, your top five uh, favorite Disney movies from the, that, that very specific list of 50-something. Okay, so this was complicated for me, and I'm a big movie buff, and, of course, growing up with almost 900 different movies, it's so incredibly difficult to come up with a top five. So what I unfortunately did was not follow your rules. And I did pre 1990 (laughs) and post 1990 and my pre 1990 starting with five. And these are some deep cuts, believe it or not, um, is the rescuers down under nice, the great mouse detective, Robin hood, jungle book, Peter Pan. Okay. Yeah. Peter Pan all time. Like, 
I, I, I'm sure you'll do a podcast about this at some point, and so I won't belabor the point, but it is, to this day, one of the oldest movies that makes me belly cry laugh. Like, just the scene where he's, like, running through the—he's getting chased by the crocodile, or just, like, it's timeless comedy. And I just—I I love that movie so deeply. Well, and the music in it is incredible as well. Like, the— you can fly and the second star to the right are like, Oh, and those, it's, those and it, are up there. And it just, it just caters to my soul. Like one of my all time favorite movies, top three is hook. So that's a rendition of Peter Pan. And yeah. it's just, it's like this, it's like this story that talks about a man who's lost his childhood and how he regains it. And it's just like, Oh, it just speaks to my soul as an individual. So I, and- Talk about music. You get a John Williams score in Hook, so oh, can't get much better than that. Absolutely. So, post-1990. Sorry, I clapped just then. <laughs> you can little. clap all you want. <laughs> well, did you go on the Peter Pan ride at Disney when, when you were nine years no, old? No, I didn't. No. Oh, I know. I'm now realizing I missed an opportunity. Yeah, you need to go back. <laughs> anyway, so post-1990, um, this is this is a big deep cut. A lot of people don't like this Disney movie, but I I put Treasure Planet as my number five because I love 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 that story and I loved the creative liberties that they took with making it kind of a space treasure planet thriller. Like it was beautiful. David, that one's in your top five or ten, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was in my it was maybe my number five. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I I love it. I love what they did with that, and it just. Again, I like that's the genre that I love is this like adventure genre and uh, it's beautiful. So I had Treasure Planet. I had Moana. I had Tarzan. Greatest, one of the greatest Disney soundtracks of all time. Phil Collins, come get it. Um, <laughs> Aladdin as number two and Beauty and the Beast as number one. I didn't put Lion King in yeah, that's any what I was of my say. Top Did you forget? Five. Did you go crazy? Uh, nope, nope, I did not forget. Wow. I, I was not crazy. I was going for the deep cuts. Uh, I acknowledge Lion King as a beautiful, like it was one of the few times that I've ever cried when he's like, when he, there's like that scene where he's talking to his dad and there's just like this emotive kind of like music and it wells in your soul. Yeah. How can you not cry? Um, but <laughs> I I had to go with something that spoke to my soul holistically and Beauty and the Beast is just a beautiful film. So if you were to pick one number one to be Peter Pan. Oh, geez. Yeah, it I'm going gonna, gonna to make you do it. OK, it would. It really would. Um, from the pre 1990. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be it would be it would be probably number one for sure. And and, right. and I had a hard time with Pocahontas. Beautiful, beautiful music in Pocahontas. Beautiful story. Um, just didn't make the cut. It's all right. There's no real rules. I don't I don't mind. I don't mind you breaking the rules. on this. It show. was hard. I have to admit it was hard. <laughs> It was harder than I thought. All right. And with that, we will dive into this week's movie, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And now, our feature presentation. Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Okay, so The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. This movie is two short films. It's it's one based on The Wind in the Willows, which is a 1908 story by children's book by Kenneth Graham, Grammy, Grammy, Grammy. 
And, <laughs> and then the second half is The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the kind of famous headless horseman story by Washington Irving from the 1800s, I think 1820. Like most of the movies we've been discussing in the previous you know, half a dozen episodes. These shorts kind of came from a variety of different development times and, and stages. The The book, Wind in the Willows, was presented to Walt shortly after the release, the release of Snow White, which was like 1937. Um, and he kind of, he felt like it was a little bit too corny, but he still bought the rights to it anyway, because he's Walt Disney, so heck, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, and then as we discuss a number of times on this show, World War II happened, which, you know, kind of put the kibosh on a number of projects. Mm-hmm. When the Wills sort of stayed in production throughout these few years, but Walt kind of finally shelved it in 1941 around wartime. And then and then it was brought back into development in the 1946, but trimmed from a feature to a short film. Um, it was shelved again and they started working on The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. There was a point where Wind in the Willows was was going to be grouped with The Legend of Happy Valley, which was eventually called Mickey and the Beanstalk, which is the second half of which movie, David? Fun and Fancy Free? Fun and Fancy Free. Yes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, there's so many of these. So anyway, Wind of the Wills was supposed to be paired with the legend of Happy Valley and actually not just paired, but trioed with that and a, and a Roald Dahl original story called Gremlins, which is kind of interesting. Roald Dahl is famous for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, for uh, BFG. And also for writing the screenplay for the James Bond movie, You Only Live Twice. Fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that now. That was so bizarre when I heard that. And Ian Fleming also (laughs) created Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, just another odd thing. So anyway, uh, but the legend of Happy Valley, which was Mickey and the Beanstalk, ended up being paired with Bongo, like I said, for fun and fancy free. So anyway, Wind of the Willows was now kind of off on its own. And in late 1947, which was right after fun and fancy free, they decided to pair Wind of the Willows with the legend of the Sleepy Hollow, uh, which then turned into the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, and that's kind of where we are <laughs> now. Uh, they hired Basil Rathbone and Bing Crosby, who were big celebrities at the time, to be the narrators of these two different stories, and it was ultimately released October 5th, 1949, and made like a million and a half dollars. These two shorts were released in various capacities in the following years, like on television and like individually, theatrically. And I don't know, Disney kind of takes these shorts and does all sorts of things with them. So, (laughs) but we have the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad to talk about. So David and Eric, do you have any uh, additional fun facts to contribute to that insane history? Yeah, I was I was just talking. I mean, you were just talking about how like you know this was going on during World War II. Um, there's a crazy legend that um, one of the animators stopped working on Wind and Willows, joined the army, fought in World War II, came back four years later, and continued to work on the nice. same exact film. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of tells you, like back then, these projects were long. So yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, it was pitched to Disney like around the time of Snow White, you know, so that was that was 1937. And then this movie didn't come out till 49, you know, 49. Yeah. So 12 years later, four years after the war, they described Toad's like obsessions as mania and specifically the car one as motor mania. And the next year there was a goofy short that came out called motor mania. So probably derived from this script in some way. And I will say the most lasting legacy that I'm aware of for this movie is the theme park ride. There is a ride at Disneyland called Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah. 
It was also in Florida, but but removed. It was something replaced it. Maybe Winnie the Pooh or something replaced it, and there was outrage. <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride in Disneyland is still like a fan favorite. It is very strange. I rode on it uh, about a year ago. It is very short, and like it ends with like you going to hell. <laughs> Which maybe I missed it in this movie, but like they don't go to hell in in Oh, we'll discuss how grim this whole uh Sleepy Hollow is. narrative is. No, but I'm talking Mr. just straight up Mr. Toad, not, oh. not Sleepy Hollow. Oh yeah, no, no, I don't remember no. that at all. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, so in the Mr. in the in the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Dark Ride at Disneyland, you end up like burning in hell and then it's what over. What the heck? Find it on YouTube. It's very strange. Okay, yeah, that, that does it, seem pretty it, strange. It's, it's like a cult favorite amongst like California locals. They 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 flock to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. You know what's something? You know what's something that um like the whole time I was watching Mr. Toad, I was like, these characters seem really familiar. Like, and I couldn't get it out of my head. Mm. And I I was doing a little research, and it just it popped to me. And it says when the narrator mentions Christian charity in regards to the mole and the rat. Um, it it foreshadows their role that they played in Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh man, that's where I've seen them before because I loved that as a kid. I love interesting Mickey's Christmas Carol. We noted the same thing when we were talking about Fun and Fancy Free. The the, the giant from the Mickey and the Beanstalk story is also one of the ghosts in Christmas Carol, I believe. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. the, the really big doofy guy. Also, also the weasels. This was another one. The weasels looked familiar, and they are in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. A lasting legacy. This movie. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so with that, if you haven't seen this movie or haven't seen it in a long time, here's. So I'm gonna somehow recap this movie in 60 seconds. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad features two parts, The Wind in the Willows and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. First, The Wind in the Willows, an odd tale about a wealthy British toad who, due to his reckless lifestyle and obsession with fast cars, is on the verge of bankruptcy. The story is way too complex for its own good, but basically Toad's friends try to help him, but he remains obsessed with adventure and chaos and is found guilty of car theft and goes to jail. But his friends help him escape and they steal a train in the process, and it turns out he didn't steal the car after all. It was Mr. Winky, the bartender, and his gang of weasels who framed Toad so they could take his house. Toad is cleared and gets his house back. His friends think he has changed his ways, but turns out he's now just crazy for airplanes. Then we have the legend of Sleepy Hollow, the Washington Irving tale of Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman. Crane comes to town as a new schoolmaster. He's an odd duck, but the people take a liking to him. He falls in love with Katrina Von Tassel, but is bullied by a guy named Brom Bones who also likes Katrina. At a Halloween party, Bones taunts Ichabod and makes fun of his superstitions, telling the story of the Headless Horseman. That night in the woods, Crane is attacked by an actual Headless Horseman and is never seen again. So, Eric, we've, we've talked about that you have seen this movie. You saw this as a child. So I'll skip you because we know that already. David, did you have any history with this movie? Have you seen this or heard about any of this at all? <laughs> no, I had never heard of it <laughs> until you sent the list and pre-production for this podcast. No, no like preconceived notions. I hadn't heard of The Wind in the Willows. Obviously, I had heard of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow um, from, you know, wishbone you know (laughs) it's in pop culture so kind of knew that story but i mean i enjoyed it i thought that that mr toad's like humor and mannerisms were hilarious 
And I really liked his like mania episodes were <laughs> like really funny and weird. The second story I was enjoying a lot. I thought that the music was great and like the character character designs were really funny too. It kind of took a weird turn because I didn't know where it was going and it kind of turned into that, you know, Halloween story more than anything. So that caught, caught me off guard a little bit, but um, yeah, I enjoyed the movie as a whole a lot more than a lot of the other um, package films. So it was good. Yeah. As I said, I mean, I definitely not had not seen this, but I was familiar with toad from the ride that i went on a year ago <laughs> and uh <laughs> as you mentioned headless horseman was certainly an episode of wishbone and just kind of a you know a, a pretty common halloween story so yeah. certainly aware of these things but i'd definitely never seen this before so um let's get into like some reactions and some details in some of these stories so i guess we can start with the wind in the willows or mr toad or whatever we're calling it this this thing was bizarre, but really fun. <laughs> Join in the merry mad adventures and escapades of that rich, reckless, uproarious rake. The magnificent Mr. Toad and his crazy cronies, Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you gotta love those long form beginning credits from like the 1950s. Like that is Oh, fantastic. <laughs> where they they're like, okay, we're not gonna start the movie yet. You're gonna you're gonna sit through this for about four minutes and then we'll get into the movie. Like I just I forgot. <laughs> And how much I miss like movies that used to do that. <laughs> yeah, and, and pretty much all of these these older Disney ones. I'm, I'm curious which one d- did it last. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, as we're going through these. <laughs> yeah, this Toad story is just odd. I mean, how would you, Eric? How would you like summarize? the Mr. Toad portion in like, you know, a couple sentences. It was so, (laughs) it was so difficult to wrap my mind around it. And when I was, when I was like watching it and trying to like pick up on things, I was just like, wow, this is, I guess like an allegory or something. Like it felt like an old tale, but it also felt like they were trying to tell you something. It felt like they were trying to, there was like a lesson to be learned from Mr. Toad. And yeah, but I don't even know. Cause at the end he doesn't, he doesn't learn his lesson. He just like becomes obsessed with airplanes, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. You think it's going in that one direction where it's like, this is the moral of the story. And they're like, Nope, he can't be cured. He just needs to be locked in his room forever. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was so bi- like ev- from everything. It was like Toad getting locked up in a jail for twenty years for car theft. Um, like that was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you noticed when he was getting locked up. They did a little bit of a montage on like all the newspaper clippings. Yeah. Did you did you read any of those newspaper clippings? Toad guilty. Toad. News of Toad's disgrace rocked the nation. Not in not in detail. No. Oh my gosh, I paused it. Here's just a brief <laughs> summary of what happened in those newspapers. Okay, girl body exhumed, village murder case development. Lightning bolt kills two, hurts several others. Meteorite falls near baby. Chinese pirates kill two Britons. Belgian ship sinks in storm. Like... <laughs> And, and only one of the crew was picked up. Like, these are dark headlines for a kid's movie. Um, just not really understanding. I mean, maybe they thought that they weren't going to have kids pausing the movie. And these were actual articles from an actual newspaper. But it was just, it was odd. I watched this movie like two weeks ago. 
And then I like just rewatched it. Like I fast forward through it today, just real quick to get refreshed. <laughs> and I was looking at my notes from two weeks ago and I was really confused because I wrote down meteorite falls near baby. And I had no idea why I wrote that. <laughs> so I obviously read it two weeks ago and had no recollection of it. So, oh, so weird. That's uh, Thank you for clarifying <laughs> yeah, that. No problem. The, the other like bizarre thing about this movie, like this, the like, situation that that you get that we get launched into at the start of this is so confusing we're like learning about toad's like debt or like what he owns and i'm trying to think even how to explain it it was like you're getting these like detailed descriptions of like his bookkeeping basically and we don't even know how the guy is rich right. like i have no idea right. how he's rich and then it just cuts to him like going insane with this weird horse yeah, yeah. it's odd <laughs> it's certainly odd i will say even more odd this is a long story. I'm going to try to make short, keep short, but okay. I was in search of the country bears movie. Okay. This is the, con- the country bear jamboree is this like animatronic show at Disney. And they made a movie based on this called the country bear movie. Cause I was listening to a podcast where this guy was interviewing one of the puppeteers on the country bear movie. Okay. Bear with me. And it was really interesting. She talked about all like the crazy work she did on this movie. And so I'm like, oh, I should find this movie cause I've never seen it. And I found it on Amazon for like four bucks. Like on DVD. I'm like, I'll just buy it, whatever. But it came with three other movies. Oh, nice. Including one called Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, mm-hmm. which is a live action version of this story. No. Directed by Terry Jones of Monty Python what? fame. Featuring John Cleese, Eric Idle, Steve Coogan, <laughs> Stephen Fry. It is like this incredible cast and they're all in, but they all play animals, but it's live action. So they're all just like in really like, s- like heck? weird, like that animal makeup. so bizarre. And I can't say I watched it all the way through, but I definitely like fast forwarded through it. And it is, it, it, we're going to need to like watch this. Like once we get through all like <laughs> 60 animated movies, we're going to have to do like, just do an episode on. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which I think in different, like re- released in, in England, it was called The Wind in the Willows, but like the American version is called oh, Mr. Man. Toad's Wild Ride. But yeah, it's, it's actors in like animal makeup, but they're all, it's all like the Monty Python guys, plus like other yeah. British people. It's very strange. No, I, I, I need to, I need to see this. Yeah. I was trying to look up pictures of the ride, the Disneyland ride, and then the first picture on Google Images was this movie's cover. I was like, wait, <laughs> what is this? Because it's not, a, it's uh, Columbia Pictures, Disney, like, home videos. So, Disney didn't actually even make it. They just no, published they it. they distributed it in, like, the United States, yeah. So, so Disney's yeah. on the box, but they had nothing to do with it. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, like, a deep cut in this podcast if we're going through Disney movies, but... I had I had a few I had a few random thoughts about this movie okay. as I was watching them. Um, like, Badger definitely made... Like, he reminded me a lot of Scrooge McDuck. Hmm. Um, I don't know if that, like, you guys got that sense. Like, he was hunched over, counting the money. He even had, like, the same accent. Um, like, I just, I I feel like a lot of these movies have, like, precursors to, like, future characters. And, like, that might have been something. Um, we'll get into that in the, the next one because there's definitely some precursor characters yeah. there. But, um I don't know. Just like the whole the whole animation style, like the hijinks chase at the end, it it reminded me a lot of uh, Peter Pan and the animation style that they had on there. Um, and the judge from the court scene reminded me a lot of Captain Hook. 
Um, like just, I don't know. Like there was just a lot of like subtle nods, subtle hints, tips of the hat. Sure. Um, that I kind of noticed in this one. So often Disney kind of takes from their old movies and repurposes things. And right. There'd be not surprise me if those things influence later, later character designs and that sort of thing. Oh, for sure. This movie certainly had probably the first like (laughs) big twist in a Disney movie that I've seen. You know, they, you know, basically Toad gets accused of, of stealing a car, but he didn't actually do it. But then this guy who he brings in as his witness says that he did it. But then the big Just twist is the, the big twist is that guy is actually in with the weasels. You know, there was like this this like M Night Shyamalan kind of deal we had there. Like, <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> that you know, level. Yeah, that level of like, oh, what's the guy? I don't even remember the guy's name. Wasn't so, it the bartender? The bartender is really the like leader of the weasels. And they've they have framed Mr. Toad. And then we get kind of like a little uh, heist break in scene. And it's fun. I, I, I enjoyed the Toad story for what it was. It is fun. Yeah. The biggest twist for me was when he was dressed in his disguise as his, as the grandma. And his <laughs> big butt turned out to not be a big butt. It was the ball and chain. <laughs> That's uh, absolutely. I, I laughed at that. That was, that was, yeah. that was really funny. Yeah. yeah, that was good. So. Yeah, I mean, so the moral of this story, we decided there kind of isn't one. Well, there is always a more shiny object on the horizon, and just you have to stop chasing it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I buy that. And so when we speak of fabulous characters, the most fabulous of all will always be, uh, to me at least, the master of Toad Hall. Shall we move on to the next story? <laughs> Please. So, Please. Uh, you know, we this movie kind of has these intros where you're kind of, you know, typical Disney, you see the storybook being pulled out of the shelf. And so we return to the library and uh, we, we say goodbye to Basil Rathbone and we're joined by Bing Crosby. For a rollicking ride through Sleepy Hollow, Walt and Bing bring the laughable, colorful light Washington Irving's exciting legend with that awkward schoolmaster, Ichabod Crane. Look, 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 look. Can I just say I love Ben Crosby yes. so much? I do too. Oh, like when he started speaking, I was like, Bing, you could narrate life forever. Well, it's like, like this- it's, it's just, it just reminds you of like Happy Christmas. Oh, you could read everything and anything. Like I would listen to it forever. Like Bing is, you're right, you're right. I'm thinking of White Christmas, yes. but you know, whatever. Now, I, I will fight you on that a little bit because there are two other Disney narrators that I'm more partial to, as I've discussed at length on this show. Uh, there's, there's, there's Fred Shields, who uh, narrates Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros, fantastic voice. And then Sterling Holloway, who actually was the original voice of Winnie the Pooh, who narrates quite a few uh, movies as well early on. Who, But I agree. Uh, Bing Crosby is a close second or third. Right. Old Dickie, if you recall, was the country schoolmaster, dreamed up by Washington Irving. Oh, he had a way with a yarn, did Mr. Irving. So, yeah, we so we dive into the legend of Sleepy Hollow, which has nothing to do with the wind in the willows. The only thing that ties these things together is these books. And even then, that barely ties it together. Well, there's a piece of trivia that says the only thing that links them is their misfortune or something. Okay, I, I guess I buy that. And they're both kind of have some sort of moral or fable element to them. Yeah. So Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the story of uh, Ichabod Crane 
and the and the eventual headless horseman. So, <laughs> Eric, what do you think of this compared to uh, a Wind in the Willows, Mister Toad? Oh, okay. I, I I remember this one as a child way more, and I think we all know why because it is very creepy, very scary, and very sad. And <laughs> like I just. <laughs> Like I just like those were the visceral emotions I remember uh, watching this and I and and watching it as an adult, I, I had different emotions. Like I realized, wow, Ichabod is a bit of a creep um, and he's <laughs> kind of an antihero. Like he is kind of not the protagonist in this in this story, but right. almost nobody is, I guess. <laughs> like nobody is great in this story. Like the, the woman is not great. Brahm is not great. Ichabod's not great. It was just weird. <laughs> What's creepy about Ichabod to you? <laughs> um, he deeply resembles like a living scarecrow. Like the guy, his features, he's gangly. He's got like this kind of crow nose. Um, but he's like, <laughs> he's a school teacher and he uses his students to date his students' moms to eat their food. And I will give you this. <laughs> on on an adult level, now as an adult, I kind of understand Ichabod Crane. Like, the guy loves food, and he knows where to get it, and I love food on a visceral level. So I kind of understand his plight, I guess, but it was just, it was creepier than I remember it. Like, it was just like, oh, you're a student, your mom makes really good food, and I'm going to date your mom, and then move on to the next mom, and move on to the next mom. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> can wrap it up here. <laughs> right, right. That's enough. I really enjoyed the first, like, song and, I guess, rhyming song that they sang at the beginning describing who he was when he's walking through the town with the great harmony. I don't know who the singers are, but they've probably been in previous movies that we've watched out of these old ones. Who's that coming down the street? Yeah, in the credits, they listed the the rhythm mares. I would guess that's like the group of singers. But yeah, I don't know. Like there was just a, there was a lot of things about this movie that was like Katrina is like a total tease, and she knew it. Um, I don't remember her being so intentional, but she was just like stringing along these guys, and she knew what she was doing, and her waist was impossibly small, and. Just, I don't know. There was like a lot of things that I never caught as a kid that when I'm watching as an adult, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of sexual innuendo in this movie uh-huh. that's masked, that's masked, but not as subtle to adults. Um, like when Ichabod gets excited, his ponytail also gets excited. Um, <laughs> so that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was the same as uh, Dave. What was the Wild West one we just watched? Pecos Bill. Yeah, Pecos Bill. Yeah. He, Melody time. Yeah. yeah oh. When he, he kisses the girl, his pistols go off. Like His pistols go yeah. off. Oh, I remember watching that as a kid too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, N- not oh, not too yeah. subtle. He's not only going for these women's food. Like it, sh- there's a whole scene showing how rich her parents are. So he's just Gold going digger. for her money too. So yeah, that's exactly yeah, kind right. of a scumbag. Yeah, like whole parts of that song are like, oh, just imagine the farm and imagine the gold, and it's just like, oh, okay, well, yep. Yeah. You know, and the, the the Brom Bones character seems like he's sort of a bad guy, but he's really not because Ichabod's oh. kind of the bad guy. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up Brom because he, when I was watching this, uh, re-watching it, I was like, this guy 
seems like a Gaston yeah. figure. And I later learned after I had that thought that he was heavenly, heavily influenced um, for Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Like same ponytail, same boyish figure, same just like over masculine, like toxic masculinity, <laughs> just like just <laughs> dripping off of this guy. And I was just like, yeah, it makes total sense. He looks exactly like Gaston. That's a good observation. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and even just like the village seems very reminiscent of Beauty and the Beast. So yeah, so Brom Bones kind of notices that that uh, Ichabod is superstitious, and he throws some salt over his shoulder, and you know he has this idea to kind of drive him out of town. <laughs> this after constantly failing at getting Katrina's attention, this is his hail mary pass. That as well. That as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we get the classic headless horseman. The final kind of segment of this one with the headless horseman kind of came out of nowhere for me. I did not think that this whole story, you know, is going to be wrapped up in like this Halloween type story. It, I don't know. It was very weird to me that it turned into that because the whole, you know, nothing before that indicates it's going to turn into a horror story at all. Yeah. And the reveal of the Headless Horseman was like, I remember that being intensely scary as a kid. Again, this was just like such a, but it's, it's, like the whole chase, the whole like leading up to it where he's like, you know, creeping through the forest and like every little noise is like creeping this guy out. It was, it was a, it was a decent buildup um, that led up to this like reveal of this headless horseman who in the story is apparently Brom trying to scare the ever living ghost out of Ichabod. But they don't really say that in this, in this. Version yeah. And it's probably one of the more effective scary moments in, in these early Disney movies for sure. But it's it's such a curious choice for like a kid's tale, like like animating it. I mean, in this version, the guy dies. I mean, sort of like like the guy dies by having his head blown off by a flaming pumpkin. I mean, and 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 then there's like I know that there's like another thing at the end that's like, well, did he die or did he live his life? But in Irving's novel, it's way less morbid. Like Ichabod survives the encounter and goes on to become a lawyer and a justice of the you know court and stuff like that. But it's just, it was weird that they ended it that way, that he just like disappears and maybe he's dead. And it's like, wow, that's morbid. They're setting up the sequel, Eric. <laughs> Which you know, we never got. But that, I, I really loved the Headless Horseman song. Like when he was singing that in the pub, like that was... That was really cool. Yeah. I went through to heaven in a jamboree. They break it up with English glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. It's a fun scene and just really f fun animation overall. As you mentioned, kind of the slapstick stuff, the dancing stuff, and, and the, the horror stuff at the end is all very, very well done. Was this half of the movie the half that was supposed to be a feature length and it was cut down or was it the first half? Well, I think Wind in the Willows was developed as a feature. I mean, I'm not sure about Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So the Legend of Sleepy Hollow was originally, they were trying to make it a feature. What they decided was that they didn't have enough material and it was too short and they decided to combine the two. Nice. Seems to be the way they went back in the 40s and 50s with these movies, but, but uh, we're finally we're finally through it. So, 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 so Mike, you never owned the 1988 Laserdisc edition of the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I, I never had a Laserdisc player, <laughs> but 
<laughs> Did you? You must have. <laughs> Leading no, question. It was, no, it was it was something that I saw online. I was just like, wow, this was on Laserdisc. All right, right on. <laughs> How much is I, that going for in 2018? <laughs> $13 probably, 99 I don't think Laserdiscs are really worth anything because they're not high enough quality. Like, And there's no players for it. <laughs> no, and there's no players for it. Yeah. Man, I'm getting out of here. Um, well, let's, let's wrap this guy up. So, Eric, the duty of our guests is to come up with a rating system uh, for each movie. So... Uh, what should we rate the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad out of? It can be anything you want. Do you, do you remember, do you remember Ichabod having a black book where he kept all the best recipes for everyone's food? I don't, but sure. <laughs> okay. It was a really creepy scene. Anyway, okay. we're going to rate this out of black books. Okay. Five black yeah. books, mm. 10 black books. Mm. How many black books? Five, <laughs> okay. five black books. All right. So Eric, if you if you're to rate this movie out of five Ichabod creepy black books, what would you give it? I would I would have to give it a two and a half. Closing thoughts to support that? I mean, it's nostalgic. You know, I remember watching it as a kid. It, it, it kind of holds up. There's a few new insights. But all in all, I mean, you have to kind of take it as what it was. And this was a bunch of guys in post-World War II era being like, okay, let's throw something together. And, uh, you know, they spent a lot of time on it. But... I just don't think it's their best work. All right. David, out of five creepy Ichabod Crane black books, what do you got? Yeah, I would give it a three creepy black books out of five. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed a lot about this, these two segments. Um, Mr. Toad, I found myself like laughing out loud a few times, which... A lot of these old Disney movies I haven't been because they, you know, they use a lot of like physical humor and hijinks and cats chasing mice and all that kind of thing. But I thought that Mr. Toad was actually pretty funny. And I, I like the twist in that. And I don't know. It was just different, you know. Oh, his name was Mr. Winky. Huh? Whose name? The bad guy in Mr. Toad's name was Mr. Winky. Oh, ah. terrible name. The uh, bartender <laughs> who was in the leader of the weasels. All right. Sorry. I just remembered. <laughs> Hey, hey, if Thank we're you. doing if we're doing final pieces of trivia here, um, there is a version of Sleepy Hollow from an original from 1930s, well before they made this. And it was from like an original animator from Walt Disney that got like kicked out. And it's on you and it's on YouTube. Interesting. It's, All uh, right. it's basically the same thing, but it's got a few different things. All right. Well, it, we'll but. check that out. And the Monty <laughs> Python wind in the willows. Anyway. Oh, I'm definitely checking that. <laughs> David, <out. laughs> we interrupted you. You want to finish your final thoughts? Yeah. I was just going to say the second half, I didn't enjoy as much, um, especially kind of the, the horror twist. I don't know. I was kind of feeling the first half of that story a little more. And I enjoyed the music a lot. I thought the animation was really solid in this movie. It kind of felt more like classic Disney. And this is how Disney films kind of looked leading up until like the 90s with hand-drawn. So yeah, a three out of five. Yeah, I think I fall kind of in line with Eric. I'll give it a... I'm going to give it a two. Like, it was, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. There's just been so many of these like clip movies or short film movies that I've liked better. I enjoyed the Toad story, but it was just kind of, it was just weird. And so was the second half. And I don't know. Like, I can imagine it would grow on me if I watched it a couple more times, perhaps. Like even, like I said, I watched it for the first time like two weeks ago. And then I kind of watched it again today. 
And like, I appreciated the toad part more the second time, just cause I understood what was going on. Cause it's just like kind of chaotic. It's not that I will never revisit this movie, but it's definitely not high on the list for me. So, all right. Well, with that, <laughs> we'll end this guy. That was the Avengers of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Eric Peterson, thank you so much for, for joining us on the show today. It's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And David, as always, we're finally out of the weeds, David. Hallelujah. We're moving on to Cinderella. <laughs> Praise Mr. Toad. <laughs> we're, we're moving on to some, to some full-fledged features. So with that, uh, we'll see you next week with Cinderella. Finally. Hopefully it's actually good because I don't even know if I've seen it. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Disney One by One podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, send us an email to Disney1x1 at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Disney1x1 and at Disney1x1.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting episode of the Disney One by One podcast. Eric, we, I lost your audio. Do you have my audio? David, can you hear, can you hear me? No, I can't. What? Did you like mute yourself on accident? No. The top of the window. There's like a mute microphone button. <sighs> Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. That was weird. <laughs> I apologize. No, it's fine. It was when you <laughs> laughed really loud when I said meteorite falls near baby, your sound just stopped. <laughs> It's like you blew your microphone. <laughs> That's probably actually what happened.